Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome everyone. Welcome to Soul Talk. It's Coot here. Welcome back to another week, another very special episode. I just wanted to do a very special introduction and uh, welcome you to the Soul Talk podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Soul Talk family. Looking forward to adding as much value to your life. If you've been a listener, thank you for your loyalty and tuning in and sharing the Soul Talk podcast with your friends, family, and community. Uh, today's episode is one of a series of special episodes. You see, uh, over the last couple of years, I was privileged to do a very special online event for a few years in a row called the Secret to Success Summit. It was huge online. I brought on many of my friends, people like Jack Canfield, John Gray, uh, Lisa Nichols, Barbara DeAngelis, um, Rhonda Britton, Larry King, LeVar Burton, experts in their field. And I, and, and I always had the question of, you know, what is success? And I've, I really believe that in order to open a lock, you need the right key. In regular school, I feel as though we aren't taught about how to succeed in life itself, and life doesn't come with a manual. So I asked myself the question, what if there was a school where you could learn from the world's greatest experts on success? And so I brought many of my friends on, and I got to pick their brains and ask questions about their time-tested practical strategies to accelerate success and their best practices. And it was a, a huge success. We had tens of thousands of people that tuned in from all over the world and that became known. Uh, all over the world. And so what I wanted to do as a bonus, really, to the Soul Talk podcast experience was some of these interviews were so precious and amazing that I just felt uh, I had to share as a bonus some of these interviews with you. So today's episode is a pre-recorded episode from the Secret to Success Summit, where the world's most inspiring visionaries reveal their secrets to success, happiness, and living the true life's purpose. So it's a bonus. Enjoy it. Please def definitely let me know uh, your experience and your takeaways from today's episode from the Secret to Success Summit. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Secret to Success Summit Success School 2016. It has been a truly, truly amazing week, a powerful week full of insights, breakthroughs, transformation. As you know, the Secret to Success Summit is a is a free seven-day online event where I'm gathering 28 of the world's foremost experts in health, relationship, money, spirituality, love, sex, business, life to teach you their best practices, share the secrets to success. And I've asked them to uh, to teach you some of the most powerful tools that they 
uh, have practiced in their life through their own life experience that will help you fulfill your soul's potential. You know, during this last week, we've been redefining what it means to be truly successful. And uh, I believe that uh, success is no accident and success leaves clues. And I hope you've been taking lots of notes, and more importantly, you've been applying everything that some of the amazing guests have been teaching you. We've had it. We have everyone this week from Barbara DeAngelis and Lisa Nichols, uh, John Gray, Marianne Williamson, Gay Hendricks, Sonia Chukwet, Don Miguel Ruiz, on and on, uh, Lavar Burton, uh, John Robbins. I mean, it's an amazing list of people. Today is no exception. I'm really excited to introduce uh, someone I consider a friend and uh, definitely an inspiration to me and millions around the world. Um, I'm going to let him share a lot more in depth about his background, but what I will say is uh, he's a best-selling author, wrote an amazing book, Get Off Your Butt, which has transformed and inspired uh, millions of people around the world. He's been on Oprah. He's spoken on stages with everyone from Richard Branson, President Clinton, the Dalai Lama. Um, at a very young age, he was. Uh, it was predicted that he would not survive past birth because of a rare bone disorder that stunted his growth. And uh, he'll he'll share more about that. And despite all these challenges, he's got, gone on to be uh, just an amazing, amazing inspiration to millions of people around the world. So I'm really excited to introduce my friend Sean Stevenson. Sean, welcome to the Secret to Success Summit. You know, it's my pleasure, and I'm always a little blushing when people read such long intros because I'm thinking, well, they're going to be expecting me to be way powerful. I mean, holy cow. I'll, I'll take the challenge. Yes, man. It's it's you, brother. It's you. Yeah, it's really great to have you, and I've been uh, definitely looking forward to, to chatting with you, and I know everyone listening in is, is, is also looking forward to that as well. You know, for those that don't know, I would love to have so many questions I want to ask you, but also for those that don't know, uh, I would love for you just to share a bit about, you know, your background and how you got to, to, to be doing what you're doing. I mean, you have... An amazing story. I mean, I, I read Doctors Predicted You Wouldn't Survive Past Birth. You defied the odds. I mean, you're inspiring people around the world. H- how did this, like, tell us a bit about your story and, and, and how you got to, to be where you are today. So it's been a, a wild journey, and I mm. wouldn't change a thing about it. Um, you know, like like you mentioned, I was born with a rare condition that stunted my my bone growth so I'm only about three feet tall Um, my bones are extremely fragile and so uh, they can't support the weight to walk on so I use a wheelchair for mobility my whole life and being three feet tall in a wheelchair alone if that was the only thing I was dealing with um, would certainly lead a life of interesting uh, proportion Uh, but I've gone on to Make my life not about that. I've gone on to make sure that that's only uh, a small percentage of who I believe I am. Mm. I always say that my disability is only about 2 to 3% of my identity. And mm. I've, I've built up a life where when people remark about me, sure, it's part of the story, but it's not the only thing. That it's, what have I done beyond that? Because, you know, there's a lot of people with disabilities that have, you know, overcome the odds uh, to to go on to do things. But 
I never measured myself. And this this isn't something to, to put down others. It's just how I've lived my own life. Um, I've never measured myself based on, well, what's the most successful that a little man in a wheelchair has ever been? My mentality is, okay, what's the most successful a human's ever been? And what have what mm-hmm. humans done? And, and I've always benchmarked my success based on those that aren't even challenged with physical disabilities. And so, mm-hmm. you know, my whole life has been about competing with the mass populace, not mm-hmm. my condition. And, you know, I've seen this before where, you know, if you're born you know, a certain race or a certain sexual orientation or whatever, you could benchmark mm. yourself towards those in your situation. Or you could say, mm. you know, I'm I'm going to compete with the population at large. I'm going to mm. not see uh, myself in a, a narrow light. I'm going to actually um, compare myself to the best of the best, no matter what conditions they have. And so mm. that mentality, I would say, has really skyrocketed me in in what I've done with my life Um, because I'm constantly, I'm wanting the guys, you know, what I always joke around is I want guys to look, you know, to their left and look to their right and be like, wait, how is this guy who doesn't have anywhere near (laughs) the capabilities that I do physically whooping up on me here? And, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that has a little ego element to it, but it's, it served mm-hmm. me well, and, uh, you know, I do believe that ego is not a, a horrible thing if it's used to drive us in positive ways and encourage mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean, I think what you're saying is amazing because what I'm hearing, you know, disability, no disability, what you're talking about is, is a mentality that I think is, is really important. There's, like, no blame. There's like, It's like a no-victimhood mentality and that, that I think is so important for any human being. Were you always like that? I mean, growing up uh, as a kid, were you just like born with that mentality or was there a moment where there was a shift that happened or something changed, an aha moment where you said, boom, this is this is how I'm going to live my life? Well, I've thought about this a lot in my life and mm. I think there were pivotal moments. Mm moments when I asked myself in the mirror, you know, what are we going to do here? Are we going to cower? Are we going to cower? Excuse me. Are we going to cower and and hide in the corner? Or are we going to rise up? Are we going to face this Mm. and and do what others would call impossible? And Mm. I do believe there were many pivotal moments I think there were times, you know, like uh, there was a time when I was a kid when my mom asked me after I had just fractured my femur um, and I was angry because I couldn't go to the Halloween party. You know, there was a time when my mom said, is this is this condition going to be a gift or a burden in your life? And mm. I had to really think about it. And, and I knew that if I took that it was a burden – I would grow up a very bitter human being, probably die prematurely because yeah. I wouldn't want to be here. Um, mm. I'd be miserable, probably self-medicating with food, drugs, or alcohol. Mm. And uh, I didn't like that that story. I didn't like how that story would end. So I chose to make it a gift. And so that was a pivotal moment. I would say another pivotal mm. moment was um, when I was rejected 
in a car in my mid-30s by a woman who said, I'm in love with you, but, you know, what would my friends and family think if I walked down the aisle with a little man in a wheelchair? Like, I I can't be in a relationship with you. And uh, my heart was crushed, and I thought, you know, who would ever want to love a man that is like me? And I had that pivotal moment of, like, am I going to cower and live the rest of my life where my sex life is going to be a computer and, you know, myself, you know, am I going to, am I going to have a really sad ending living in my parents' basement or am I going to rise up? And, you know, Mm. I, I I rose up. I said, that's it. And I went on a four year journey to Mm. understand confidence and sexuality and, um, created an exciting and fun dating life that then led me to the woman of my dreams and I married her and we have a phenomenally Mm. magical relationship. And, you know, there were multiple times in my business, you know, there was a time when I tried to get a job um, in traditional uh, corporate Mm. America and they said, oh, we've, we've hired people with disabilities before. It was difficult. Sorry, we can't work with you. And, you know, I could have cowered and said, wow, maybe I just need to live on the government uh, paycheck, the mm-hmm. paycheck of, of, you know, disability and welfare. And, you know, most people would have been okay with that and say, well, you know, that's why the program's set up is for people like mm-hmm. Sean. And, you know, mm-hmm. I could have lived a life of sadness uh, career-wise. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no, I don't want mm-hmm. that story to end that way. And so I built my own company and I've been – uh, you know, independently funded my own life. I've never taken a, mm. a paycheck from the government, and I'm proud of that. You know, if that's mm. what if that's what somebody needs to do, then that's fine. But that's not that wasn't my story. And uh, so, whether it's health, wealth, relationships, I've had multiple pivotal moments where I said, "What are you going to do? Are you going to cower?" And don't get me wrong, I have flirted mm. with quitting. And I've flirted with giving up and suicide, and I've flirted with mm. what the hell am I doing on this planet? But, mm. you know, I just didn't like how those stories ended. I didn't, when I played them out in my head, and they weren't mm. stories that were uplifting and loving and and and, and magical, you know? And I, I run my life uh, through two different um, mentalities, uh, two different drivers one is i really believe in hustle and then the other is magic and i'm better Mm. at magic than hustle um (laughs) i think that's why i married mindy because mindy's better i wouldn't say she's not good at magic but she loves the hustle more than i do you Mm. know the hustle is that 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 willpower that pushes you through and Mm -hmm. the the magic is the imagination that says you Mm. know what let's get the universe involved here let's Mm. let's create things that other people don't know how we pulled off let's Let's mm-hmm. tap into the universal field that some people would call woo-woo. And mm-hmm. I, I built a magical life that I'm proud of. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not everybody's a fan of Sean Stevenson because I am mm-hmm. at times in your face saying, what the hell are you doing with your life? Um, mm-hmm. And how is it that a little man in a wheelchair is, you know, finding love and you're finding excuses why love isn't possible, <laughs> you know? Right, um, right. And so I, I piss people off in that regard that want... You know, I eliminate the excuse, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful. I mean, you definitely, I mean, anyone listening to this conversation has zero excuse in the face of you, Sean. And I think that's a, a huge gift of just who you are and uh, that you offer. You know, I'm curious, you talked about there were moments 
where you felt like giving up, flirted with suicide, felt like quitting. <clears throat> I'm sure that there's maybe a few people on this call who they feel like they've tried everything, it hasn't worked, they're heartbroken, you know, blah, blah, blah. And maybe they're feeling like giving up in this moment. I'm curious what kept like, – what I'm hearing, you made a decision, right? But what really, like in those moments, like you could have quit and you decided, but what is it inside of you? What What is it that made you make the, the, the decision? What, what kept you going? And what would you say to those that are in that place where they're about to give up and they're in the darkest hour? Well, a couple things. One is, like I said earlier, I didn't like how when I played it out in my head. You know, I live a lot mm. in my daydreaming world. You know, mm. I I would say I, I'm a very emotional person, so I'm not I'm not very cerebral. A lot of people think I might be, but I'm actually not. I'm very emotional mm. and. Um, I only go to the head to play out a visual and then I drop it into my heart to say, how does that make me feel? You know, and, mm. and if, if it doesn't make me feel good, then I don't want to do it. And mm. that's just kind of been my MO my whole life is I am driven by fun. And mm. if something's not going to be fun, then I don't want to do it. And, and so mm. I always have to be faced with the issue of like, do we need to stop doing this or do we need to change the way we're doing it? And mm. um, I think a lot of people quit when they really need to just change the way they're doing it. And so, like my love life, um, back when I was single, the way that I was doing it needed to be changed because it wasn't working. I had a secret story that I was the good guy that was going to take care of the girl, and if she would look past my disability, then I would tolerate whatever mm. ridiculous behavior she brought to the table. And so she could be mm. a narcoleptic, chiro, you know, like, um, not narcoleptic, uh, she could be a kleptomaniac, uh, mm. arson, you know, she could be, she could be <laughs> dangerous she could be to the planet. Right. But if she would be willing to accept my disability, well, heck, I would look past, uh, that kleptomania arson that she could be. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just really sad. And I, I, I found that, you know, I wasn't alone on this, that a lot of us mm. feel we have something or some things that are shortcomings, right? Mm. Maybe it's our, how we view our lack of education. Maybe it's how we view mm. what side of the tracks we were raised on. Maybe it's mm -hmm. our appearance, whatever it is, you know, our background, mm. something that happened to us. That we have that thing that we're, we're not proud of, maybe ashamed of or, or feel mm. like is a, like somebody would have to tolerate it to be with us, right? And and then what we do is oftentimes we will we will lower our standards for what we will accept, mm -hmm. both in love, in career, in our health, whatever it may be. And we do that mm -hmm. because of a self-worth issue. We feel like we're not worthy of getting the best, so we will tolerate bad behavior. We'll tolerate abuse. We'll tolerate... Um, toxicity from others and that that just doesn't feel good and so right. therefore I'm like that can't continue and mm. so for me a lot of it was just saying this doesn't feel good and mm. I, I follow my feelings you know our, our bodies are high performance you know designed through through evolution like it is the fi mm. 
finely tuned instruments. You know, like when people say, oh, the hairs on my back of my neck stood up. You know, I get these goosebumps. <laughs> I get butterflies in my stomach. You think that's an accident? You, you think that that just mm. is, is weird phenomena? No, that's a instrument telling you something is amazing or not. You know, knots in your stomach is a sign that something's not right. You know, a tenseness mm. in your chest. You know, those those sensations that come from from experiences telling us to do something or not do something we need to listen to and so I would have those moments and I would listen to my body and they would say you know what being in this relationship with this person doing this business deal with this person you know doing this thing to yourself it's not feeling good it needs to either be stopped or you need to change the way you're doing it and for me in my dating life at the time back in my 20s I realized that I need to stop playing that game of you tolerate my disability, I'll tolerate your abuse. And Mm. that was a game changer. And Mm. once I realized, no, I don't deserve abuse and that that somebody's bad behavior is not on par with this person's disability. I mean, my disability, Mm. it's what I have. It's not something I can change. You know, this is who I am. Mm. Somebody's, you know, where they were born, what happened to them, things that are done, things that you can't change, Mm. You shouldn't trade for abuse, you know, that mm. you should say, I am worthy of the best. And mm. so that was a big part of it. Another thing is, it's huge. I really changed my environment. You know, when I wanted to get serious and find love, I needed yes. to stop hanging out with people who all they wanted was cheap thrills. Mm. When I wanted to improve my health, I needed to stop <clears throat> hanging out with people that just wanted to gratify their bodies with liquids and solids that were not good for them. Um, mm. When, Whenever I wanted to have something else in my life that wasn't currently there, I needed to surround myself with people that already had it. And mm. in business, I couldn't be hanging out with people that were broke and, and nice. complaining about life and their careers and, the, mm. oh, the man is against him and the mm. taxes are why we're not going anywhere. And, you know, all these mm. mentalities of, like, I have a great excuse for why I'm not where I want to be. When you surround yourself mm. with people that have great excuses for why they don't have what they want to be they're having, <laughs> it, it gives you permission to not work hard. It gives you permission mm. not to, to dream big. It gives you permission to quit. And mm. I like to surround myself with people like you, Coot, who who really mm. are committed to more and mm. and committed to, to growth and, and doing something bigger. And I'd say the biggest reason why I never mm. killed myself over the years in, in the dark mm. moments that I faced is because I surrounded myself with people mm. who who saw something in me I didn't see in myself at the time. Yes. Who yes. said, you know what, you, you're you living in the now, we're living in the future, and we know what's to come for mm-hmm. you, and we know that if you can hang on, and then you can start mm-hmm. being better to yourself, loving yourself more, uh, mm-hmm. encouraging yourself more, good things will come to you. You have to have the faith. And so the the environment saved me, you know, the environment of people, the environment. Also, I like to surround myself with people that that aren't as, not, not as fortunate, because that sounds like a superiority, like I'm better. But like people that are yeah. challenged in greater ways than I'm challenged. 
and mm. that I can offer things to them because when you become a role model, when you become a support mm. system to others, the idea of checking out and committing suicide or quitting or whatever it may be, as intense <laughs> right. or as, as little as it may be, you leave a wake of tragedy behind you. Mm. The people that are counting on you are now going to wake up the next morning and they're not going to have access to your insights. They're not going to have access to your positivity. Mm. They're not going to have access to your love. Mm-hmm. And what's that going to do to them? And mm. And not from a savior complex like they need you, but... Rather, like, what harm would you do to others by harming yourself? Mm-hmm. And for me, that's, I mean, I I built an entire career where, where I actually, if I ever c- killed myself, I feel like <laughs> I would I would burn up everything I ever created mm. on this planet. Because mm. people would be like, wow, well, Sean Stevenson can check out and quit with, mm. you know, who, his attitude of positivity and confidence. And well, then, shit, I'm out too, you know, and like... So there's, a, there's an environment that I've created for myself where I'm like, no, you have to keep going. You you mm-hmm. created something here that people are counting on, and and yes. that's okay for me. That works. You know that that mm-hmm. mentality might not work for everybody else, but that works for me. I love I love what you're saying because it's also you know living just beyond your own little sense of self, you know, and selfingness. It's you are uh, your your focus is on on surface, and there's. There's a really profound responsibility in that, Sean, which I think is is really powerful. You know, I was speaking to someone the other day, and we were talking about how, you know, one of the reasons people suffer is because all they're thinking of is just themselves, themselves, and themselves. And uh, I think what you said well, is really powerful. Depression, depression, mm-hmm. and this will upset a lot of people, and that's okay. <laughs> depression mm-hmm. is a disease of selfishness. Now, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that selfish people are depressed and that it's their fault and I'm making fun of them and I'm pointing fingers at them. I'm not. I'm, I've been mm-hmm. a therapist for over 16 years and I'm here to tell you that every depressed person that come in my, came into my office were constantly thinking <clears throat> about themselves. They were thinking about what I haven't mm-hmm. done with my life, what I should have done, what I didn't do, why did I do that, why am I ma- not making anything of my life, mm-hmm. what's wrong with me, and it's me, me, me. When somebody mm-hmm. says, you know what, it's not always about me. It's about what am I doing mm-hmm. for the planet? What am I doing for those that are challenged greater than I? What am I doing to leave a legacy where people feel like my time here on Earth was of value for beyond mm-hmm. my time? And when people mm-hmm. come into my office, they never say, Sean, they don't mm-hmm. sit down on my couch in my therapy office and say, Sean, you know, I... Uh, I work in a soup kitchen on the weekends. I ladle out soup for the homeless. I uh, I knit blankets for the homeless. I uh, adopted three children from third world countries. Um, I I'm invested in a um, in a in a group that helps children that are battered uh, find shelter mm-hmm. and safety. And I also mm-hmm. read lots of books on how to better myself. And I want to kill mm-hmm. myself. I just want to kill my, I mean, this life makes me want to just end it. I, I haven't heard that once. I haven't come anywhere close to that. And so when people tell me, oh, you know, I'm depressed, I'm like, well, then let's look at, but there's a bigger thing than you on this planet. And every time I go into depression, it's because I'm like, oh, Sean, why isn't your career as successful as you would like it to be? Why don't you have this possession? Why don't you have this accolade? And it's all me driven when I'm like, 
Right. When I want joy, when I want happiness, and when I want to have access to confidence, I got to think about like, okay, let's let's have some gratitude right now. Let's look at mm. what you have done. Let's look at what mm. impact you have made, and let's look at what you're heading toward. What are your goals? <laughs> what do you appreciate? Mm. And what do you like to do? And you know, when I when I pull myself out of my own hole, uh, I have to look at what I want, what I have, and what I like. And when you are looking at what you want, what you have, and what you like, your life feels good. When your life mm. feels dark and stuck and painful, it's because you're looking at what you don't want, what you don't have, and what you don't like. And nice. that's it. You know, you, you want to boil down all of therapy, focus on what you want, mm. what you have, what you like, you'll be fine. Mm. Awesome. You talked about confidence, Sean, and... You know, you talk about being in your 20s, uh, your relationships and of being confident and then developing the confidence. So I'm curious how you develop, like, what specifically did you do to develop this? Just, I, I meet you and I look into your eyes, Sean. I mean, you just, you, you radiate this, this centeredness, this self-confidence and you teach about it. So what did you do to develop that confidence and, and what can those that are listening in what specifically can, especially if they're not feeling confident, they're not feeling, you know, they've had a few setbacks and I don't feel so self-assured. What practices can we do to actually cultivate that inner confidence, even though maybe we don't have the the results to show for it? Sure. So to define that, I have to define something else first that has to be dealt with. Um, because everybody wants to feel confident, but confidence is actually the byproduct. It's not the goal for me because confidence cannot be mustered. Everybody thinks it's a feeling. I disagree. I actually think that confidence is the lack of inner chaos. I think that when you are quiet internally, you have access to your confidence. When you are racing around from a place of insecurity, you don't have access to your confidence because there's so much internal chatter and noise and, and chaos. So to understand confidence, you first have to understand that it's the lack of insecurity. And insecurity mm. is that feeling that you're not enough. Whenever you mm. feel like you're not enough in business, with your health, in love, in in any area of your life, your finances, whenever you feel like you're not enough, you're going to be in a place of insecurity. And so therefore, what people do is they oftentimes over... They they overcompensate, mm. and so that's when we see arrogance, when it's not real, mm. when it's a vibrato, and it's a puffing your chest out, when it's a fake right. sense of confidence. It's because done on the inside, you're being driven by your insecurity, so you're having to overcompensate, and we know it. Mm. We see it. When you're around somebody that's arrogant, or being arrogant, I should say, you're like, well, you know what? Why are you trying to prove something here? Because we know you're scared. Mm. We're all scared, mm. and and so... To understand confidence, we have to understand that the key to eliminating and decreasing your uh, influence insecurities have on you, it comes down to mm. self-care. That the cure mm. to insecurity on this planet is self-care. Mm. And I'll, I'll give you like the actual Same strategy that. that you were looking. Yeah, yeah. the actual strategy Please. that you're looking for is you need a self-care list. I call it my when life works list and hmm. it's it's a series of simple action items that you can take 
and do each day and give yourself enough of a variety that you can choose different ones each day if you'd like so you don't grow bored. And for me, I have it on my wall here in my office. There's 16 Mm -hmm. things that I only need to do four of the 16 a day and my insecurities don't get to run the show that day. Because I personally think as long as you're a human being, you're going to have insecurities. I, 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 I went about it all wrong when I was in my 20s. I thought that I needed to hunt down and kill insecurities. And and it's not mm. that. That insecurities are actually a youthful, not youthful, it's a, a, a juvenile way to try to protect yourself. You know, when your insecurities mm. are running the show, it's you trying to protect yourself. But from a from a very young, immature perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. so if we can keep the insecurities asleep, if we can keep them Mm -hmm. um, dormant, then we can Mm -hmm. live a great life. But I think you can't get rid of them. Some people have told me that you can't. I've never experienced it myself. I've not seen it in all my Mm -hmm. years of clients. You know, a human being, especially as they play a bigger game, their insecurities Mm -hmm. keep up. And so Mm -hmm. you have to stay ahead of your insecurities. You can't mm. eliminate them. You have to stay ahead of them. And so this list, this When Life Works list, these are things as simple as hydrating. You know, and everybody's list should be different. It's what works for you. But for me, I have things like hydrate, exercise, meditate, review, goals, journal, uh, get restful and consistent sleep, proper mm-hmm. hygiene and grooming, stay organized, mm-hmm. keep my space clean, have vegetable, you know, lots of vegetables in my day, uh, connect with my mentors, um, mm-hmm. connect well with my spouse, uh, mm-hmm. make sure that I'm connecting with children, my, my niece and my nephew, they, they keep me young, um, mm-hmm. create content that makes a difference in the world, uh, plan out my day on paper the night before. Mm-hmm. They, when I, you know, when I access this list, this list, they're, they're very doable items, and I don't do them all in a day. If I can only do four mm. of them in a day, it's a successful day. My insecurities don't get to wow. run the show. And, mm. you know, I know it sounds simple, and, and it's because it is simple. And, and whenever mm. I'm feeling insecure, Mindy, my wife, looks at me and goes, why aren't you on your list? I can tell mm. you're not working on your list. That's why you're mm. being all emo or being all irritable. <laughs> you are off your list. And she's mm. right. I, mm. I've done so much personal growth work on myself. I've, I've trained it for years to others. And this is the mm. one thing that I found that is, it stands the test of time. You know, you can, you can mm. have all the mental tricks that you want, but if right. you're not doing self-care, Insecurity mm-hmm. the show. What I love, though, is, is is when you talk about self-care and even some of the things you express, like hydrating, exercise, meditating, you know, reviewing your goals, connecting with mentors. Now, these are simple, doable things that yep. anyone can do. I mean, that's what's exciting. So if you're listening to this conversation, folks, uh, <clears throat> here with Sean Stevenson, uh, as part of the Secret to Success Summit, create your self-care list and follow it. It is, I think he's right on in terms of what he's talking about. Self-care is the foundation. Uh, Sean, we're talking about success. You know, you've you've, uh, created, you know, I think by any standard in the world, uh, uh, 
a fair amount of success, and uh, you, I, I would consider you very successful. I think lots of folks would consider you very successful. You're an amazing speaker. I mean, you've been on Oprah. You've spoken on stages with everyone from Branson, the Dalai Lama. I mean, you, you have a best-selling book out. you married to the woman of your dreams. To me, you're successful. I'm curious, based on your entire life's experience, Sean, uh, how would you define success? We're, as a part of this summit, we are redefining the definition of success. You know, in our culture, it's, it's considered what you attain, you know, the, the money in your bank account, which is definitely a part of it. But how, would, how do you see success now based on who you are, what you've achieved, and at this point in your life? Well, if I could take the moment to be vulnerable right now, I would say um, sometimes I, I make success the wrong thing in my life. Um, mm. Sometimes I make it my cash flow, my savings, right. my investments, mm. my mm. Um, my accolades, you know, and and mm. I found that that never works. That mm. it, it's alluring to do, you know. You and I, we run, we run in circles where people are up mm. to some big games. They play big. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to compare. Excuse me. It's easy to compare your level of success, meaning accolades and monetary levels and all that, to somebody else Mm. and go, oh, no, I'm not a success. Look at this person I just met. They make more in a year Mm. than I made in the last 10 years, you know, and and then you feel Mm. like, oh, wow, I guess I haven't made it. And that that trap I get in. And so I, Mm. I think that level of honesty needs to be shared here because I'm here mm. to tell you that I have to constantly redefine what is success for Sean because it's not mm. that because that leaves me feeling empty. That leaves me right. feeling insecure. Like I'm not enough. Mm. So here's here's what I really think that success is and then I have to remind myself <clears throat> on a daily basis of what it is. Mm. Success is for me, am I having fun and am I making a difference? Because if, if one of those things is missing, then then it's not it's not working. Because I could be having fun but not be making a difference, and that that will right. last for a while, but that won't be enough. Mm-hmm. And I could be making a difference, but if I'm not having fun, then that's not mm-hmm. going to last very long. And and I see this: some people commit to fun, and man, mm-hmm. they live a flashy, great lifestyle, and that's awesome for mm-hmm. a while. But they usually get mm-hmm. burned out because they wonder, is this all there is? And then I yep. found myself surrounded by people that are like, I call them philanthropic junkies. You know, that's like <laughs> they take care of everybody else but themselves and they're not having fun. Mm. And so great, mm. they've, you know, they these are the people that compete for how many refugees have you saved. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, then you might as well t- t- turn that refugee into a dollar amount because you're playing the mm. same game. But you have a superiority mm. issue of thinking, oh, no, I've saved a life, so therefore I'm more successful mm. than the guy making money. And really, right. it's not the refugee or the money that matters. Is it, are, you, are you deeming success as something external outside of you? Because mm. mm. that's mm. not going to last. If you make something that's, that's the key. outside of you, yeah, if you make it something outside mm. of you, how many people you've helped or how much mm. money you've made or how many mm-hmm. cars do you have in your garage? Like, if it's outside mm-hmm. of you, I promise you, it's not going to be enough. You're going to be mm-hmm. starving, and you're going to be feeling like like something's not right. When you make it mm-hmm. internal, when it's like, when you get up and you're like, you know what? 
I like who I am, and I like who I'm becoming, <laughs> and I like what I've done. I've made mistakes, but even then I learned from – like when you source, and this is what I've learned from Mindy more mm-hmm. than anybody, when you source your validation from within, mm-hmm. your life gets so much more stable. And that confidence mm-hmm. that you said you see in my eyes, that's because mm-hmm. I'm not looking – as much nowadays as I was when I was younger, but I'm not looking in your eyes for something. I'm not looking for you to like me anymore. I'm not looking for you to approve of me. I'm not looking for you to believe in me. Yes, all that feels good to my ego, but I now know that your opinions of me are reflections of you. And so if I can remember... When we meet and we look into each other's eyes, if I can look for the beauty mm-hmm. in you, then I'm really looking for the beauty in me, and then it's just it's a positive spiral upwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love it what you're saying about fun and making a difference and finding the intrinsic uh, definition, the intrinsic reference point from the inside. It's beautiful. Otherwise, you know, there's so often, even if we're doing amazing things in the world, it, it's it's a, it's a never-ending cycle, you know, of just more and more and more. Even if it and is, I, and I had that, I had that happen last year. I was, uh, mm. I, I think people, um, they gain more learning from my my vulnerabilities and mistakes than they do my mm. accomplishments. And so, yeah, the mistake please. I made last year is I was running a seminar. And was in a gorgeous resort, and uh, I had all these people in front of me, and I had an internal dialogue running at the time that said, "You know, I haven't made it yet because this this room isn't overflowing with thousands of people." And mm. and I started to cry on stage because I realized that I'm not letting myself feel good about the accomplishment in the moment. And I apologize to them because I'm like, you are souls. I'm looking at souls that matter. And here I am thinking that I haven't made it yet because there's not thousands of people. Now, that's because I was comparing myself to a lot of my mentors, thinking, well, they have thousands of people, so I haven't made it yet when I get what they have. But it'll never be enough because I'll, I can have enough. thousands of people in my audience. And if I'm sourcing mm-hmm. my validation from something outside of me, then I'll be mad that I don't have access to something else that somebody else has, and and it won't be mm-hmm. enough. So I I had to stop myself and say, wait a minute, you're living your dream right now, Sean. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be running mm-hmm. events, and you wanted to be helping people that wanted to learn from you, and and be mm-hmm. making a difference. And you are. Can't you allow mm-hmm. that in right now? And I did, and mm-hmm. and it was it was a game changer because I realized like, wow, how easy it is to erase your success. By rush, rushing to the, but it's not big enough. Yes, yes. The judgments, you know, you just reminded me, is so often, you know, we we determine our success by what we achieve and attain, uh, but all of that is transitory, you know, Sean. It's, it, it fades, it's transitory. Uh, at the end of the day, all we take with us is who we become. And uh, so to me, success has become, it's more about like who am I being in this moment right now. And uh, I think what and that's why I'm glad. Is, I'm yeah. I'm glad that I have um, this this humbling condition of my disorder, my disability. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off there, um, but I, 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 I'm I'm glad that I have this disability because 
you know, when people meet me, they they assume they know my challenges, mm. but they don't. They don't mm. know my challenges because my I don't wake up in the morning every day thinking, uh, I'm disabled. Let's go face our disabled problems. No, I'm an entrepreneur, <laughs> and <laughs> my 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 challenges. What I label as my disability is. You know, I'm I'm not marketing hard enough. I'm not reaching enough people with my social media. I'm not selling right. enough product. You know, those are the things that, that keep me up at night. Not why am I three feet tall? I, I, I had a moment yesterday. It was the first time that I'd thought about my disability in months. And wow. I looked at Mindy and I said, I was frustrated because I was going to have um, somebody who was going to be on my team was going to come pick me up and we we're going to run a bunch of errands before my event this weekend and uh, and mm-hmm. they got the flu and so <clears throat> I I didn't have access to their, their physical help to, to, to make that happen mm-hmm. and I was upset mm-hmm. because I was like you know what I looked at her and I said God if this would be so much easier if I could walk today and it was the first mm-hmm. time that I had thought about mm-hmm. my disability in months and I think that surprises mm-hmm. people because I think they think that I I must be thinking about it every day, but I'm not. I'm I'm mm. challenged by by the the issues of my favorite sport team, the sporting team didn't win today. I'm frustrated <laughs> because my 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 uh, I had to rearrange some finances so I could uh, handle some big purchase that I made in our company. Mm. You know, uh, whatever it may be, I deal with the mm. the challenges that a lot of other people can relate to, and they yeah. would, they would. Yeah not necessarily make that connection in their mind. That's cool. You know, uh, did you always know that you wanted to inspire people, Sean, uh, in terms of, like, speaking and, like, how did you how did you know that this was the field you wanted to, to go into? How did you know that this was your, let's say, your purpose? I think there's a, lot, a few folks on this call that might be wondering or trying to find what their life purpose is and, and how to connect to their life purpose I'd love for you to share a bit about uh, how you found that this was yours and how people can. Yeah. So, first of all, this is going to maybe surprise you, but I don't like the term inspirational. (laughs) Mm, I (laughs) I don't like it. Now, it's not to mean that that it's not good for me to like it. It's not that it's a bad word or that it's not beneficial. Because that actually, here's what's ironic, is I also think that inspiration as I get older is is super valuable. Even though, see, because I was born in this container where people were calling me inspiring before I did anything. And mm. and I didn't like that. I didn't like getting called inspiring just because I made toast that day. You know, I didn't like being called inspiring because mm. I went to school. I didn't like being called inspiring for doing something that everybody else does and no one, you know, no one congratulates mm. them. So that that mm. almost pissed me off growing up is like that term, oh, you're such mm. an inspiration, you're such an I got it before I earned it and I didn't like that. Mm. Um, mm. Now, when somebody says that my my marriage inspires them, I love that. When someone says my mm. business inspires them, I love that. When somebody says my my speech, my 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 courses inspire them. I love that. But when somebody just gives me the inspiration for just being Sean, that doesn't that doesn't make me feel good because I feel like well I'm just being myself, right? 
Now, <laughs> if it's something that I've created that I'm proud of that I worked hard on, then then I like mm. to hear that. And and so it's kind of like being the like say you're Cindy Crawford for a moment, right? And mm-hmm. you were born gorgeous. <laughs> you know, you have the right, right you have the right genetics, and your cheekbones are just placed right, and your right, right hip right. hip ratio, and the right bust mm-hmm. size, and like you know, anatomically, you are gorgeous. And you're called mm-hmm. that from a little kid. You're like, oh, you're such a pretty little girl. You're such a beautiful young woman. Oh, you're such a hot young lady. Damn, you're a gorgeous woman. Oh, you're stunning. And you hear that your whole life, and you think like, mm-hmm. you know. I, of course, keep myself in shape, so I like when people say, you know, you keep yourself in good shape, because that's something I did, but, mm. you know, this face of mine, I didn't, you know, this isn't constructed, I didn't go to a doctor to make this plastic mm. surgery, I was born with this, right? And so, mm. for me, the word inspiration has, has I've had a journey with it, because mm. now I've come I full circle, understand. I've come full circle to the point where... I'm realizing that inspiration is important because if mm. you are doing something and you're not inspired to do it, that's another mm. way of saying you're not having fun. Mm. And it, and for me to come full circle to your original question, which is like, how did I find this? How did I know this is what I wanted to do? You know, your true mm. purpose and calling in life, I don't think you choose it. Mm. I think it chooses you. I think mm-hmm. you, you you have the choice to pick up the baton and run with it, but mm-hmm. there were multiple times, Coot, that I didn't want to be a speaker. There were multiple mm-hmm. times where I flirted with quitting, and there were times that I even did quit, and I got sidetracked, and I did this little project over here, and I I tried going down this alley, and I tried doing this business opportunity with this person, and the universe just had a way of just kind of picking me up by my scruff and placing me back onto my path. And mm. my path is, I'm not a speaker. You know, that's that's a job title. Mm. But I'm more, I'm on this planet for a really big purpose. And I believe everybody's on this planet for a big purpose. The question is, are you looking, are you, are you listening for it? Are you feeling for mm. it? And, you know, my purpose is to rid this world of insecurity. And the, mm. and the way to rid it is by teaching what I'm teaching on this program is self-care mm. and to teach these strategies of how to make yourself live a life that feels like you're enough. Because I know if we were to rid this planet of insecurity, which is something that we could do, it's not mm. like this isn't possible. It is possible. That mm. if we could get rid of insecurity, we could get rid of war. Because when you feel like you're enough, you don't need to take or destroy. I believe that we could get rid of suicide. I believe we could get rid of eating disorders. Mm. I believe that we could get rid of so much greed. I think we could get rid of ills. I could get we could get rid of violence. I think that when people feel that they're enough, they don't have to take or destroy or humiliate or or we 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 eliminate racism, sexism. Mm. Uh, we would get rid of all of these ills because those are the products of not feeling enough. When you feel mm. like you're enough, all you want to do is help. When you feel like mm. you're enough, all you want to do is grow. When you feel like you're enough, you're, all you want to do is inspire and encourage. When you feel like you're enough, all you want to do is create not destroy. Mm. When you don't feel like you're enough, when you feel like you're not enough, then all you want to do is Suck the life, suck the 
profits suck the the, mm. the power out of everything in, in your path. And and mm. it's just a it's a path here that what mm. do we want to be doing as a human race? And for me, mm. I want people to feel like they're enough because I think then people will make the right choices. Mm. Love it. I love it. So, you know, back to the insecurity thing, Sean, because I think it's it's a core, it, it's a core piece for us all as human beings to really feel and connect to. You talked about self-care, hydrating, exercise, you know, there were, there were like 16 things on your list. What if, you know, because what if there's someone who, they might say, okay, Sean, I've, I've, I'm doing these things, you know, I've read the books, I'm taking care of myself, I'm hydrating, I'm exercising, I'm meditating. But I still, like, have you come across someone, I'm sure you have, let's say, as a therapist, who they're doing those things as a doing, but they don't, they, they intellectually get it, but they don't feel it. They haven't, like, connected to it. They're like, Sean, I, I'm doing it. I'm doing what you're telling, but I don't feel enough. Is there well, something I would, you see I would that call, still is a disconnect? I would call bullshit on that. And the reason why I would call mm. bullshit on that is because if you show me your list, Mm. And on that list was also helping others, like connecting to others. Uh-huh. Mm. Then, then that that's not going to happen. What happens is people mm. will have that list. Here's here's what people mm. do, and they lie to themselves. They write that list, mm. and they do it occasionally, and then they mm. get sputters. <laughs> you know, mm. <laughs> they get occasional sparks of success, right. flames of of happiness. But they don't stick to it. And and so it's kind of mm. like when somebody comes to me and they say, Sean, I've tried everything to lose weight. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow around what you put in your mouth and how much you move. Mm. And mm-hmm. and I find that, like, it's very rare that when somebody moves their body a lot mm. and they mm. eat right, that they mm-hmm. gain weight. I mean, maybe they have some kind of, like, crazy disease. That is, or they're on some kind of crazy medication, but that's right. such a small percentage. It's mostly, I eat salads, but they lie to the fact that they delete. And this is what people do. They eat the salad publicly. And I'm, not, I'm just choosing weight as an example. There's many right, other right. examples. But, you know, right. they'll eat the su- salad publicly, but then mm. when no one else is around, they will down a, a, a liter of Coke and an entire pizza or two, and then they will believe that they did that. They will actually, <laughs> to live with themselves, they will right. believe that they did that, and they go, why am I not losing weight? Mm-hmm. Or they'll work their ass off publicly on a, on some area of their business. This is what I get myself into trouble on. They'll work their ass off and hustle in some public area, but then privately they will burn up time um, binging on Netflix or scrolling on mm. Facebook or or playing video mm. games and then and they'll be like, well, I work so hard on my business. It's like, no, mm. you're lying because you delete where you're screwing up. You delete mm. so you can live with yourself where you're not stretching. And mm. and the same thing in marriage and the same thing in friendships. They, when people come to me and say, oh, I'm not feeling it, I'm like, well, then. You're not telling me the whole truth because if you have this uh, one life works list and you're doing a quarter of that list a day and that mm-hmm. list is all encompassing, it's not just all about mm-hmm. you, you're going to mm-hmm. get great results. You're going to feel great. You know, when I, when I get people to turn their life around or I help influence them to turn their life around, it's because I get them on this list and then the list does the, the heavy lifting. 
not them. The list mm-hmm. just does the work. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that somebody would be <laughs> lying to me and lying to themselves, more importantly, if they said that they weren't getting the feelings of, of success mm-hmm. and happiness from doing something like this. Bottom line, what I'm hearing is we've got to give up any bullshit and stop lying to yeah. ourselves. That's yeah. for sure. So if you're listening, as you're listening, hope you're taking lots of notes, folks. This is Coot with uh, Sean Stevenson. And uh, I, I invite you to just ask yourself the question as you're listening to Sean dropping some wisdom here. Is think about where are you lying to yourself in your life? How are you lying to yourself in your life? What are you pretending to not know? Where are you playing games with yourself? And what is it costing you? Because trust me, it is costing you for sure. You know, Sean, you said a lot on this call. I have a couple more final questions for you. Uh, if there were, if, if we could distill some of what you said and, and if there were, let's say, three key life lessons that you've learned that you would say are the most important life lessons that you've learned, the most value, priceless, timeless life lessons, and if you could only pass these three keys to onto the next generation, the lessons that you feel would, let's say, evolve humanity the most and to distill everything you've learned, what, what would the three keys be that you would uh, pass on to the next generation? Three keys to life, three keys to happiness, three keys to success. So you want nine keys? Three. If there okay. were three keys. <laughs> okay. One, two. Success, happiness, life. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we've covered a lot of them already, you know, and I'm yeah. a big believer that it's not about getting more tools. You know, and I've gotten in that addiction where it's like, okay, well, what's another tool? Well, what's another tool? And my mentality is, yep. no, 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 you're not using the first damn tool I gave you. So <laughs> number one is create create and stick to a win-life-works list. That yes. would be the first thing. Self-care is what gives you the energy and the fulfillment to to do good things on this planet. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, and all these things should be on your when life works with. But the second thing is surround yourself with people that you admire and that they live a life that you would love to um, have aspects of. You know, don't don't mm-hmm. pick mentors that have one area that that's great, but then you know they're they're assholes to get it. You don't you don't want to yeah. model that. So surround yourself yeah. with people that have the life and the the perspective of life that you want to adopt more in your own life. And then the third thing is, going back to what you said early, like, earlier, make sure that you're you're going back to, am I having fun and am I making a difference? Mm. Because when you make a difference, you will, you'll feel like your your time here was of value. And when you're having fun, then you'll feel like you had a great time doing it. The the fun is for you, and the difference is for others. But it also is, mm. they, they, and when you're having fun, other people want to be around you, and when you're making a difference, it feels good. So it really goes mm. both ways, I guess. Um, mm. So, yeah, create a win life works with, um, surround yourself with amazing people, and and mm. set up your life so that you're having fun and you're making a good difference. Beautiful. You've heard three keys, three keys that Sean has just distilled. And uh, I invite you to implement them. You know, uh, a lot of times we take on information, but we don't apply what we know. And I think Sean was right on when he said it's not about just having 
you know, hundreds of tools and strategies, apply one of them, master that. Uh, you know, I've been inviting Sean, each each of the guests, to assign a homework. Uh, for sure, uh, I want to invite everyone to uh, take on Sean's advice of creating a when life works list and uh, committing to self-care. Is is there a, another maybe homework, a specific homework assignment, Sean, that you might have uh, that you could assign that people could immediately do right now? I think the When Life's Work list is, is, is a brilliant idea. Is there maybe one more that those listening in could immediately do right now before they go back into their day? Simple something that they could practice that could take everything you've said and just integrate it even more into their being? Write down three things that you're looking forward to in your future, three mm-hmm. things that you're grateful for having in your present, and three things that you loved in your past. And mm. just sit with that. Mm. Mm. Love it. You heard it, folks. Take on the challenge. Take on Sean's homework. And I would love for you to uh, write me an email and let me know once you did the that specific exercise and the one life's work list, uh, what your experience was and uh, and what unfolded from the practice that Sean has assigned. Sean, it's been so beautiful connecting with you, man, and, and just, just getting to, to share with you and hearing you express your heart and, and authenticity with me and, and, and everyone listening in. I know we've all been really touched and blessed by who you're being. I would love for everyone, as many people listening to connect with you and your work, uh, what's what's the best way, like, what's the best way people can get in touch with you, find out about you, what you're up to, your your events, what's to, what can I you would share? say, uh, go to my uh, website and sign up for my newsletter, um, my email list, uh, and then stay in touch with me that way, go to seanstevenson.com, that's S-E-A-N, S T E P H E N S O N dot com. And yeah, I would say that would be the, the best way to do that. Awesome. Awesome. We'll post that the link, Sean, along with this interview. I want to thank you again for just uh just being so generous with your heart and your energy and, and your wisdom, my friend. It's been a blessing having you part of this year's summit. Everyone, I told you this was gonna be a, a heart expanding interview with the one and only Sean Stevenson. I trust you've been taking notes. I urge you, challenge you, invite you to immediately apply and practice uh, some of the ideas that Sean has been sharing as we continue on our Secret to Success Summit. Today is uh, a part of the Super Bonus Day when bringing you some super guests. Uh, this evening I'm, I'll be uh, interviewing, I'll be doing a bonus session myself and interviewing uh, a few other folks throughout the day, but also uh Another special guest, the legend himself, Larry King. So I'm really excited. We've had an amazing summit thus far. We're not done yet. Uh, if you're ready to take your life to the next level and create the epic success your soul desires, I invite you to stay tuned, share this with your friends, and uh, let's take it to the next level. Write to me, share with me what you received from this uh, amazing interview with Sean Stevenson. Look forward to hearing from each of you, and I'll see you a little later on this evening. Sending you love, everyone. Big hugs, love now, signing out of the Secret to Success Summit session with Sean Stevenson.
If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.